Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. 916-633-1537. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. Chapter 3. Charmaine. Mama, really? My 17-year-old daughter's disapproving tone hadn't and couldn't undo the enormous grin on my face. Ignoring Mercedes, I sashayed over to the massive, pristine, white marble countertop of the kitchen island where two dozen pink roses were housed proudly in an elegant, curvy crystal vase. I brought my nose to a lush rose and inhaled deeply. I said, aren't these beautiful? Mercedes reprimanded me with a glaring stare while she sat at the island unmoved. I chuckled, waving her off. You're so silly. Where did you get those? Mercedes interrogated. Probably from one of her sneaky links. For those of y'all who don't know, a sneaky link? Side dick. Sneaky link, like a hot link, or for some of y'all, Vienna sausage link. <laughs> Sorry, we can't all be ballers, but sneaky link. If you do, don't wash the balls, then it's a stinky link, but you shouldn't be in those situations now, should you? Mercedes and I both turned in the direction of her twin sister, Lexus. For real? Lexus and Mercedes are your daughter's names. Those are the... Okay. It was as if she had appeared out of nowhere, now standing on the other side of the kitchen island. She crossed her arms over her petite bosom and stared at me. Face screwed up in a frown, I questioned, What did you say? Who was that? Lexus asked, displeased. Who was who? This girl's gonna make me snatch her ass up. She pointed to the phone in my hand. Who was that you was talking to? I dismissed her with a warning. Lex, you better go mind your business. You don't question me. I done told you about that. Mercedes just questioned you and you didn't say anything to her, she argued. Well, you ain't Mercedes. Damn. It was spiteful to say, but that was how I felt sometimes. Just as different as they appeared in style, they were just as different in personality. So, do we have to say just as different twice? It could have been just as different as they were in style, they were in personality? I don't know. Like I said, I don't know how writing works when you're actually being paid for it. Maybe there's a word count. Lexus decided she felt more comfortable looking like a boy. Whereas Mercedes embraced every aspect of her femininity. Lexus and I bumped heads, 
but Mercedes turned out to be a miniature me. She was like my younger bestie. Oh, God. Lexus scoffed, shaking her head. Just as she appeared, she disappeared, slithering back around the corner. Mercedes chuckled, gesturing towards the vase of roses. Vaz, if you're nasty. Sorry, Mama, but I'm with Lex on this. You got a whole good man to take care of us, but you sneaking around behind his back. And I know you messing with whoever was on that phone, ain't you? I can see it all over your face. Ain't you my child, Mercedes? I mean, whose side you on? I questioned as I walked around ahead to the refrigerator. She finally broke her stance and softened up with a smile. She flailed her fingers animatedly, clacking her long bejeweled acrylic nails in the process. Mama, you know I always got your back, but when you're wrong, I gotta let you know too. If I had a nigga like the dude you got, I wouldn't be risking anything. Again, he takes care of us. Where are we gonna go if you mess up? I retrieved a canned Coke and headed towards the gathering room. I motioned for Mercedes to join me. Plopping down on the plush, ivory-colored sofa that I personally picked out just for this space, I said, I ain't gonna mess up nothing with my man. I'm not going anywhere and he ain't either. It's just, he don't be... My voice trailed as I searched for the words. Well, he be acting so funny sometimes. Mercedes sat forward, folding her slender leg underneath her on the left seat. You always saying that about bricks. He don't be acting funny with me or Lex or Omari. He cool. Of course, she would say that because she was a teenager, and whatever she asked bricks for, he provided. The truth was, Bricks wasn't in love with me like that, despite the picture that had been painted for all outsiders looking in. Yes, my life with him was perfect. He made it possible for me to bask in my femininity and not lift one acrylic nailed finger. I used to work as a registered nurse and wasn't thinking of giving up my career so soon, because I really loved spending money, and I didn't want him having say-so or keeping up with what I was spending. But seeing that Bricks hadn't minded providing everything, being a housewife had become appealing. I was spoiled. My friends and female family members envied me. I dressed in the latest fashions, drove a new E-Class Mercedes sedan, lived in a 3,000 square foot luxury home, and pampered myself every week all on Bricks's dime. I loved my life. Except for... My man loved me. That I was sure of. He tried to make me happy with superficial things which I didn't mind because gifts were my exact love language. And they were the twins, Lexus and Mercedes, and Mercedes' two-year-old son that we were raising together now. He was crazy about the kids, especially my grandson, Amari. I think he would fight for custody if we ever went our separate ways. But we were a family. In a way, I've adjusted and accepted that this was just how our relationship was going to be. He was complacent, and I'll find my contentment somewhere, even if it meant stepping out on him every once in a while. I held up my hand to admire the dazzling sparkle of my engagement ring, reminding me of my man's love and commitment to me. I told an outright lie to protect my infidelities. But I ain't cheating on him like that. I just be flirting and stuff with other niggas. It's harmless. Trust me. You'll understand all of this one day. Mercedes dubiously eyeballed me with her lips twisted up. Innocently, I shrieked, You will! Well, who are you messing around with now? Girl, mind your business. That's something you don't need to know about right now. She pulled out her phone and began tapping away by mumbling. So where'd the roses come from? I'll say I got them. It ain't like I ain't never got fresh flowers for the house before. 
I looked down at my own phone and noticed I had an unread text message. It was from Major, stating that he was on the way to my house. I frowned up with confusion because I swore he said he was coming later. Hey Mercedes, did you see where I put those pills I got from Mercedes? What the fuck? Hey Mercedes, did you see where I put those pills I got from Mercedes? I asked. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. I think you left them on the kitchen table. I got up to retrieve the prescription bottle of pills and headed to my bedroom. After 20 minutes, I had freshened up and done some other quick duties before Major was letting me know he was about to pull up. With the audio system in his car announcing Major's arrival, I walked back into the family room with Mercedes. She asked with excitement and anticipation, I know that's not Major outside, is it? He's here to get those pills, I mumbled as I made my way to the front of the house. I opened the door as he was hopping out of the car. You already got him? He asked as he made his way to the front door. Damn, he was fine, and he was always fresh to death. Major was a shoe fanatic, and he made sure every article of clothing he wore matched perfectly from his head to his underwear, and even to his socks. Today, he was rocking some North Carolina blue, white, and concrete gray Jordan 3s with white jeans, and a graphic tee with the same color palette. Atop his head sat a North Carolina fitted hat over a white skull cap. An iced-out six-point star hung low around his neck that matched the shimmer of the Rolex on his wrist and the square-cut diamond earrings in his ears. I wasn't sure about the necklace or the watch being real, but I knew for a fact that the earrings were because they were a gift from me. Yeah, I told you I already had them. I stepped aside to let him inside. Stepping into the foyer and towering over me, I could see the worry on his face. He was probably still mulling over his baby mama situation. You okay? I asked. He nodded and asked, where they at? I left them in the room. Oh, and the twins here, I informed him. I knew that because I saw their car out there, he chuckled as he followed me back to the family room. Damn, do they ever go to school? It's a senior year, so I stated. As soon as Major appeared, Mercedes grinned. What up, step bro? What's up, little girl? Major greeted back. What you been up to, step bro? What the fuck? This on some Pornhub shit. Nothing much, just chilling. She stood up from the love seat and did a little stretch, sticking out her petite booty. Where are you going? I asked. To see what Lex doing, she said, I am major. I chuckled. Yeah, they called each other step-siblings, but I could see that my child was crushing on major. Not to say that major wouldn't give her any attention, but that was my child and she was still underage. Plus, she wasn't his type. She was slim with barely any curves. She was dying to get the same BBL. Big black lips. Big what? BBL. It just says BBL. I'm guessing that it was supposed to be bubble. Like bubble butt, maybe. I don't know. But it. it, she was dying to get the same BBL I had gotten. I told her she couldn't have any surgeries until she had that diploma in her possession. Of course, Lexus was against her sister having work done at all because she was satisfied with her boyish body. If she liked it, I loved it. But I chose to do something for myself that would make me happy, and I encouraged Mercedes to do the same. Even Bricks wasn't messed up with my decision and paid half the cost for my upgrades. I gestured to Major to trail me to the bedroom. Walking ahead of Major, I made sure to put some extra sway in my hips. 
He always seemed to have an insatiable appetite for my ass, and I loved teasing him every chance I got. You already paid, Trinica? What you trying to get back right now? He said once we were fully inside the bedroom. Really, Major? I questioned with my hands on my hips. I knew you were going to pull this shit. He waved me off dismissively as he headed towards one of the walk-in closets. Man, miss me with that shit. Come here real quick. I reluctantly followed him into my closet, trying to suppress my giddiness because I knew what stepping into the closet meant. Once inside, he pulled me close to a solid body. I got four on me. I'll bring you to rest. His voice was low and husky. When, Major? Instead of answering, he reached down a rub in between my legs for a maxi dress. He asked, Your man been taking care of this? Honestly, my man hadn't been. He was a hard worker and his days were long most of the time. I tried to remain understanding that he was tired, but I knew there was more to it. So, in the meantime, I let fine-ass Major or whoever else was available on my go-to list take care of me. However, Major wasn't aware of the others. I liked to spare his ego. He thought it was just him. Besides, my business was my business. He hasn't in a while, I said in a low, sultry tone. You miss this dick, don't you? He teased as he continued rubbing me. The sensation in my breast began to match the ache in my pussy. I nodded as a I <laughs> I nodded as a I swallowed the lump forming in my throat. Before I knew it, he had me turned around, my dress bunched up around my waist, my panties down to my ankles. I tried to muffle my cries as he slammed into me roughly from the back. Because of the difference in height and the awkwardness of our body positions, we eventually lowered all the way to the floor. When it came to sex, I'm similar to the thriller in Manila. Bitches call me Biggie, the condom filler. No? Alright, fine. When it came to sex, Major could put it down. However, I think I just enjoyed it with him because it was simply him. I enjoyed our chemistry whenever we were together. He turned me on to the extreme. He was the bad boy of my dreams, which came with a lot of ain't shit antics, but because of my stable situation, I didn't dwell on him too much. Damn this shit wet, he panted behind me as my pussy released airy noise with each thrust. Yes, baby, only for you, I crooned. God damn, he groaned. This fat ass and good ass pussy? I threw it back on him harder for deeper penetration, hoping that he would come inside me. If he didn't come, I knew I would have to... He pulled out and sat back on his haunches while stroking his dick. Come suck it. I knew it, but I didn't mind, especially after our last little scare. The last thing I needed or wanted was being pregnant and not knowing who the damn daddy was. Plus, I wasn't trying to have more children. I already had Amari most of the time because his mom was still in high school and a kid herself, and he was enough by himself. Then there was my man's grandkids as well. Nope, we had enough grandkids to make me not want any more of them. After slurping and gagging on his dick for two minutes, the familiar mechanical sound of the garage abruptly interrupted our love tango. Shit! Major hissed as he shoved me away. He stood to his feet frantically, tending to his clothes. I fetched my panties that had slipped completely off once my furry slides were no longer on my feet at some point. Major dipped out the clouds at first, and before I could say anything, he was out of the room. I ran into the bathroom to eliminate any lingering sex smells on me, which included a quick Listerine gargle. I took my pink cashmere bath and body works body mist to the closet and sprayed the hell out of it. 
Before walking out of the room, I made sure to grab the pills the Major left behind. By the time I made my appearance in the family room, Amari and Bricks, along with his other son, Supreme, were coming around the hall from the garage entrance. Momos! squealed Amari as he ran towards me. Hey, baby, I smiled as he hugged my leg. Bricks swaggered in, heading my way. I tried to grit him with a peck on the lips, but he avoided me. As usual, he walked away wearing a pensive scowl and not speaking, going towards the hallway leading to our master suite. I looked towards Supreme and asked, What y'all been up to? Supreme tried to answer me, but Mercedes' voice overpowered his as she suddenly appeared walking down the hallway leading from the foyer. I thought she had gone to check on Lexus, who would have been in the downstairs bonus room. The front of the house didn't have access to those stairs. And where the hell had Major gone? Mari, she sang out excitedly. Amari ran over to Mercedes with his hands stretched out. Mommy, Poppy got me candy. Mercedes laughed as she scooped him up in her arms and began to tickle him into a fit of laughter. What'd I tell you about eating all that candy, little boy? Just then, Major appeared coming from the same area as Mercedes. My guess was that they had been in Bricks' study, but what had they been doing? You know what time it is. You know what day it is. It's hump day. <laughs> what up, thug? Supreme greeted animatedly. What's up, bruh? Major replied casually as he slowly sauntered further into the family room. By this time, Bricks was returning from the bedroom. When he saw Major, his face soured. Major's face in return mimicked his as he took a seat at the kitchen island with his legs extended out. I casually walked over to Major and purposely handed him the pills in front of Bricks. Appreciate it, Major mumbled as he took the bottle and pocketed it. He reached in his other pocket to retrieve some folded bills. He peeled some off and handed it over to me. I had no idea how much he gave me, but I already knew it wasn't even the full 400 he had guaranteed me. I walked over to Bricks, who was now on the other side of the island, and placed an affectionate hand on his arm. Babe, you need anything? I'm straight, he murmured, wearing his infamous pensive glower while chewing on a toothpick. Supreme took a seat next to Major, turning his attention to him. So, what's this shit you was talking about? My baby mama, man, Major started. He sat up and turned to face Supreme. She ain't really got the bread to keep these people from evicting her ass. Supreme looked at him in disbelief. Nigga, maybe if you stop buying pills, what the fuck you been doing to help her? Major shot daggers at Supreme. Look, man, I ain't trying to hear that. Which baby mama is this anyway? Supreme asked. Tierra or Misha? I stole a glance Bricks' way, who continued to remain quiet, chewing on that toothpick and looking between Supreme and Major. Tia's stupid ass, Major solemnly answered. Supreme seemed surprised. Oh, that one. Now Bricks removed his toothpick and asked, Rain's mama? For a second, I thought I'd seen Bricks' eyes light up, which was rare. This man appeared to be in deep thought wearing a scowl 24-7, except when Amari or his grandbabies were around, especially his granddaughter, Kinsley. They made his eyes smile with the rest of his face, which I loved to see. Bricks was a good man and Supreme and Major could only hope to be just as noble as her father. Yeah, her, Major responded. Brick seemed to fall into deep thought. He then asked, So you claiming that little girl now? 
I thought you said she wasn't yours. Major gave an indifferent shrug. I'm all she know, really. Even if she ain't mine, she mine. Ain't no other nigga claiming her. Bricks, voice dripping with sarcasm, remarked, How commendable of you. Major shot Bricks a contemptuous glare. Supreme chuckled as he turned to his father. Man, quit that, Pops. Fuck that shit. Bricks dismissed under his breath. Remaining insouciant, Bricks asked Supreme, You gonna help him out or what? Supreme chuckled. Nah, Pops. That's why I'm looking at you. Bricks' brow furrowed. That's they business. What am I supposed to do? Supreme gave Bricks a chastising look. Pop, that's cold. Bricks looked directly at Major as he snidely remarked, No, what's cold is allowing you're supposed to be baby mama to get evicted in the first place. I know you're probably fucking her, so why you ain't making sure she's straight, nigga? Major sucked his teeth in annoyance and grimaced. Fuck you mean, nigga. I ain't allowed her anything. I be helping her ass, but I gotta do me too. I can't help she be doing dumbass shit with her money. That's why I don't like asking motherfuckers for shit. All this down talking to a nigga. Who the fuck you think you talking to, Brick snapped. Nigga, take that attitude out your throat. You asking us for help, so don't catch a motherfucking attitude because we vetting your ass. Major looked away from his father's glower. My bad. You goddamn right your bad, Brick spat. He addressed Major. Now, what y'all trying to do exactly? I was trying to see if you had anything to help us, to help her out, Major said in a humbler tone. Supreme said, well, I know I can't offer no place for you to stay. That's why I told you to see if Pops might have some. Desperately, Major's eyes went back to Bricks, but he didn't say anything. Bricks asked cluelessly, what? This man was a trip. I think he got a kick out of people having to kiss his ass. Here he was acting as if he didn't know what Major was in need of just to get Major to damn near beg him. Major carefully asked, Can you help me out or what? He shook his head. All of my short-term rentals are pretty much booked up through January. I have a few others that are coming up, but I don't close on them till later this month. I gave Major a sympathetic glimpse. He himself looked somewhat defeated. Though I wasn't very familiar with Major's baby mamas, he seemed to establish a decent rapport with each of them. Of course, he complained about them regularly because it seemed like they were always in need of something. And from what I gathered, Major wasn't a constant in the kids' lives, but whenever he could, he tried to be there for them and the mothers. Bricks asked with thought, How much more she need to come up with? Really, Bay? I questioned. I knew he wasn't considering coming out of his pocket to help another bitch. Major shook his head, conquered. Honestly, she really just need to move away from where she at. I think that's what she wanted to do anyway. Bricks ruminated on it for a second. Well, let me call Irene over at the office to see if there's any units available. When she need to move out? By the 16th, Major answered. Damn, Supreme Grimace. That's like in 10 days. I know, Major groaned. Y'all already rented out that complex y'all just bought? Supreme boasted, Nigga, yeah. Them motherfuckers filled up quick, too. Pops got them things fresh and popping again. Tried to get you out there to help the renovations, but you know, you don't fuck with a nigga on shit like that. Major rolled his eyes in annoyance. He said, Well, look into that and let me know ASAP. Bricks added, What the fuck I tell your ass about being in my house when I ain't here?
Major chuckled as he stood to his feet. Man, go ahead on, B. I told Soup I was going to meet him over here when we was on the phone, nigga. Briggs glared at him as Supreme began to follow Major as they headed towards the hall leading to the foyer. Yeah, but that don't mean come to my motherfucking house. Stay your ass in the goddamn car until I get here. Don't think I won't fuck you up, Major. Once they exited the front door, I released a breath I didn't know I was holding. And yes, there was no need to wonder. Bricks was Major and Supreme's father. Depending on what he was asking for, Major would be more endearing and referred to Bricks as Pops. Other times, Major just called him B for short. All three men sometimes acted like feuding brothers more than father and sons. Bricks and Major had beef, which I never quite understood. You mean like you and Lexus? Supreme remained neutral and tried to mediate. Bricks had been a hot-ass little boy at 13 and got Major's mother, who was 17 at the time, pregnant with him. So there was only a 14-year difference between Bricks and Major, whereas there was a 16-year difference between Bricks and Supreme. In many ways, Supreme and Major were a lot like their father. But in so many ways, they weren't. I think the difference came from time and growth. Bricks had the same swag as his sons, and no one would guess that he was in his 40s unless they based it off the random strands of gray hair on his head and face. To be exact, Bricks just turned 44, Major 30, and Supreme was about to be 28. Appearance-wise, I had to be honest to say Bricks was shitting on his sons. He was more muscular due to the physical activity he endured in his field of work. Bricks had a tawnier complexion, but Supreme shared the same dark caramel color as Major. All three had a significant number of tattoos all over as well. Bricks was shorter, standing right at 5 feet and 11 inches, I believe because Supreme was 6'2 with a medium build and Major stood the tallest at 6'3. Bricks had an older gentleman fineness though. He had a confidence that overshadowed Supreme's, but didn't exude the same arrogance as Major's. Here it is again. His eyes were almoner, almonder, more almond than major. I'm not saying that word. I don't give a fuck. Fuck y'all and fuck. No. His eyes were more almond shaped than majors. And the three could pass for brothers rather than father and sons. Regardless, I had the pleasure of fucking them both. Brick shook his head in pity. He need to get his shit together. And you... My mouth dropped in feigned innocence. What did I do? He pointed an accusatory finger in my direction. Stop supplying that nigga with them goddamn pills. Let me catch him coming over one more time for that shit. All y'all getting the fuck out this house. I snickered. You gonna put us out, Bricks? Amari too? Mercedes gasped. What do we do? You can put mom out, but let us stay. Really, Mercedes? I said with a chuckle. Keep playing, he warned. So, do you think you're going to help them out for real, or are you just talking? I asked out of curiosity. He shrugged. I mean, that's supposed to be my grandbaby over there, right? Even though he barely bring him around, I can't turn my back on him like that. Shit, I ain't that fucked up of a person. I'm going to see if I can help the girl out. But Major? Yeah, fuck his ass. I nodded. Bricks could come off a little harsh at times, but like I said, he loved the kids. I knew he would come through even if he put Major through hell. However, I knew Major hated asking Bricks. These two have been button heads since I can remember. Just imagine their beef if my secret was ever discovered. Chapter 4 Tia 
This dumbass nigga really left me and the kids knowing I was fucked up about my current situation. I mean, where was the love and support? I was distraught and had no idea what I was about to do. I needed to be comforted and reassured by him that we would be alright. Trying to take my mind off my impending eviction, I decided to spend some time at my friend Shantae's house. A couple of our other associates were over too. It was a Friday night and none of us had anything to do besides sit around and cackle about random happenings in our lives. Though I was trying to take my mind off my stressful circumstances, I couldn't help but to agonize over Major. No matter what, my focus seemed to return to my phone as I had been waiting on Major to respond to the many unanswered texts I had sent him in the past hour. I didn't care what explanation he would conjure up, but he couldn't tell me that he wasn't laying up with some other bitch in Oaktown. Without fail, whenever he so-called went to Oaktown to see his son, Little Major, it was always hard for him to maintain a line of communication. I had deduced that it was because he couldn't talk to me in the presence of whatever girl he was messing around with. Our relationship had a history of undergoing the pressures brought on by Major's deceit and unfaithfulness. A lot I couldn't prove, so he held on to his innocence, but it never erased a doubt from my mind. His lies never added up, but the way he moved always did. I tried calling him again. No answer. I hated his fucking guts. I texted him. I hope you choke on the bitch's pussy and die, you nothing-ass nigga. Why are y'all together? Doesn't have to be like this. Just let go. Let go. I know it's scary at first, but let go. Trust me. Using my private investigation skills, I started scanning Major's page. There was this white girl that I used to see always dropping heart eyes and kissy lips on his posts. When I asked him about her in the past, he explained it to someone who was obsessed with him that he had messed with years ago. In fact, that was the case for many of the girls on his page. When I voiced that I had an issue with them regardless of his innocence, he had no problem going on an unfriending and blocking spree. This white girl was supposed to be included, but somehow her name was on his friends list again. Kelly Taylor. That's her. And even on his latest post, which was a selfie of him before his two-hour drive to Oaktown, she had marked with hard eyes. And guess what? Yeah, she lived in Oaktown. What you doing over there? Shiva, my best friend, asked as she joined me on the couch. She had a fully filled glass of wine in her hand. Nothing, I said, not taking my eyes off Kelly's profile. I absently said, I think Major go with this white bitch in Oaktown. She was amused. Laughing, she said, not go with, but I thought y'all were a couple. What am I missing? I eyed her blankly because I wasn't sure if she was being genuine or facetious. What? She asked goofily. Girl, I'm being serious. I think this is his girlfriend. Why you say that? I don't know. It just seems to be adding up right in my face. Shiva remained quiet, allowing the boisterous sounds of our children coming from around the corner and down the hall and the other ladies in the background to take over. I knew she was quiet because there wasn't much she could say after she had been expressing how much she didn't like Major for me in the first place. So when you doing Kalia's hair? Shiva asked, changing the subject purposely. I could do a Sunday, I guess, I answered with a chuckle. I like how you're trying to change the subject. Shiva gave a slight giggle. Girl, ain't nobody trying to talk about him. Hell, I told you what to do already. Get rid of his ass. Just then, the three other ladies joined us in the living room. Since I was an only child, and my mama was an only child, I didn't have any siblings or cousins I was close to. And I wasn't close to my daddy's side like that, but from what we knew, I had been his only child as well. So, these four ladies made up the small circle of friends I kept. 
Well, I wouldn't consider them all to be friends exactly. A couple of them irritated my soul. Shantae's sister, Tiffany, for example, was one of them. She was okay, but she had a very righteous attitude as if she had all the answers to life's struggle. We often clashed over differences in opinion, but it never became ugly. Just agreed to disagree and kept it moving. She was somewhat on the bougie side, or so that was the impression she wanted to give off. Raised alongside their brother by the same mother and stepdad, for some reason, Tiffany developed a higher sense of importance. It became worse after she landed a nice paying job with the state. I was happy for her, but she wasn't that much better off than Shantae. Then there was Cookie's ugly ass. Yeah, that was all. But Shiva and Shantae were my dogs. They could be ratchet in the hood, then turn around and get sophisticated and classy on you. Shantae had the reckless mouth, whereas Shiva usually tried to keep a cool head about everything. But God, she could be stubborn. What y'all over here talking about, Shantae asked as she placed her glass on the coffee table. I opened my mouth to answer, but Shiva interrupted me. We talking about when her ass planned on doing my child's hair. Kalia's hair looked like a mess. I laughed. She really despised Major that much. Just as much as you do, like shit. You ain't stopped talking bad about the nigga yet. I'm just saying. I went on to say, no, I was telling her how I think Major messing with this white girl. Where's she at? You want to go beat her ass? Cookie said jokingly. It was a funny gesture, but if I said yes, Cookie would be down to unload some paws on a bitch's head. But she the ugly one, right? Okay. Fuck that nigga, Shiva murmured under her breath. These niggas ain't shit out here. Cookie shook her head. I ain't came across one that was yet. Tiffany added her two cents. That's because y'all always mess around with thugs and hooligans. It's the men y'all choose. We choose, Shiva quizzed with raised brows. Tiffany nodded. Those are the ones y'all go after. And what about your ass, Shantae threw out. I'm not the one complaining, Tiffany snootily said. She fluttered her fingers dismissively and clacked her long, crimson-colored acrylics. I don't involve myself, nor do ever involve myself with a jailbird, and those are the ones y'all pick. When she said that last part, she made sure to direct it to me and Shiva specifically. I could tell Shiva was ready to throw her glass of wine at Tiffany's head. Cookie snickered as if what Tiffany said had been hilarious. First of all, Nan one of them had room to talk. Every last one of us had had our share of the toxic relationships, whether it be in the past or the present. And Cookie couldn't get a man to take interest in her beyond a quick fuck, so she really didn't have much of an opinion to contribute. I had a mind to tell them off, but me and my non-confrontational ass decided to overlook the mess. I stated, I don't think it's really about them having criminal pasts. I mean... Everyone deserves a chance regardless of if they've been incarcerated. I just think people are who they are. Let me ask you something, Tiffany interjected. You picked the majors in the, um, and what was the other one's name? Quentin, Cookie answered for her. Yeah, him, Tiffany said before they shared a giggle. Meanwhile, I'm rolling my eyes to the ceiling. In my mind, though. So you, you're passive-aggressive, and you're petty. And you don't like your own friends, but you're too scared to say it. Uh. Tiffany continued. You say you want love, but you're always going for a certain type. None of them ever have stable employment. And they either sell drugs or work here and there while smooching off you. They always stand somewhere and never got their own shit. You can't never count on them for a damn thing. And they always got you sitting up crying and being sad and whatnot. 
Cookie sucked her teeth. See, that's why I like being by myself. Ain't nobody got time for a nigga and his bullshit. It wasn't true that she enjoyed being by herself because every weekend she whined about being lonely. Cookie was alone because no man desired her ugly ass like that. Okay, Shiva co-signed. I was still lost at what point Tiffany was trying to make. I guess she read my mind because she went on to say, I guess I'm just wondering why you always complaining. You pick this type of guy every single time and they never fail to disappoint you. It's like you look forward to it and you like it. Cookie mumbled under an escaping burly burp. <clears throat> if you like it, I love it. I really wish Cookie would shut up. She served no purpose except being Tiffany's cheerleader in shadow. But going back to what Tiffany had said, I guess she had a point. Why am I complaining and crying over Major? Hell, because I'm human. And stupid. But damn it, I was human too. I said, it's not that I purposely picked them that way though. They dress who I'm attracted to initially. They don't show their true selves until much later. Right, Shiva threw in. How about stop making it less about who we choose and more about men choosing to just be better. Period. Damn, can we as women get a break sometimes? If you say so, Tiffany said as she dug her fingers carefully in her wig to get to an itch. She stood up from the sofa. Y'all want any more wine while I'm up? You ain't got nothing stronger, Cookie asked. Shiva cut her eyes at Cookie playfully. Girl, you always want to drink up somebody's liquor, old alcoholic ass. Shante said to me under her breath, I'm ready for these hoes to leave my house. I snickered as Shiva tapped my knee for my attention. Turning to her, she asked, Have you reached out to your buddy Marcus about your situation? I narrowed my eyes at her because she was trying to be funny. Marcus was a well-favored and actual preferred ex of mine. They liked him for me, but I didn't. He was too much of a crybaby bitch boy. Are we serious right now? Okay. I didn't like a man I could run over, and Marcus stayed getting ran over. Shiva stared at me with feigned innocence. What? Girl, quit playing. She snickered. You know he'll take care of his favorite person. Nah, that man is with his favorite person right now, and that's where he better look at. I added as an afterthought. Shit, I don't even talk to Marcus on a regular anymore. It's become very cringy, like he's always hinting at wanting to have sex. I don't like him like that. He's gross. I picked up my phone and absently went to a rental website. I had gone to it so many times that it was almost becoming an involuntary action of mine. Just then, Shantae's husband could be heard shuffling his feet down the hallway. He stopped along the way saying something to the kids about keeping the noise down. I glanced over at Shantae who rolled her eyes with annoyance. She always complained that he worked her nerves. Fred, big, blockhead, fat ass, finally appeared in the living room. He knew he was too damn big for that little ass white tank top he had on. Thank God the blue gym shorts were better fitting. Then he had the nerve to be wearing Nike slides without socks. His ugly ass feet were on full display, showcasing all ten of his stacked toes with their barely there wood chip toenails. To make it even worse, it looked like he had barnacles up along the sides to his ankles. My friend was a good one at getting in bed with those things under the covers. I don't like this book. I don't. I gotta admit it to y'all. Like, even less than I like a lot of the other books that I read. At least they had something. This book is just simultaneously mean and whiny and needy and abusive. This is 
I don't know if I can, I don't even know if I can call this ratchet. I can't. This is just sad. Like, it feels like the author had a lot of pent-up shit inside of her. Like, this is just a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. I couldn't really hate on Fred too much, though. Nor could I hate on Shante for tolerating him. He had plenty of money, and it seemed as though he was taking care of the house, Shante, and the kids, which is more than I could say for Major. Cookie hollered out, Boy, now you know you need to take that little shirt off. You get that out of little Trey's room? We all snickered as he cut his eyes playfully at Cookie. Cookie, you don't get to start, Fred warned. Don't get me started on your little struggle ponytail. Shante got up from her spot to tend to Fred when I returned my focus back to my phone. This time I discovered I had a message from an unsaved number. Immediately, I knew it was him. The same him who had been stalking my page the night before. The message read, Hey love, I need to talk to you ASAP. Forty minutes have passed since he has sent it. Would he even be waiting on a reply this time? But why was I considering sending a reply? I pushed this man out of my head and tried my best to avoid anything about him at all costs. I didn't need him being a factor in my life to cause me great confusion. I had been doing so well with keeping him where he had been, but damn, my rent situation. And it was fucked up that I knew this man could and would be the one who could help me. Just to be on the safe side, I need a confirmation. I texted back, who is this? Unknown. Yo, daddy, we need to talk. Me. No, we don't. Stop contacting me from different numbers. This one getting blocked, too. What got you over there frowning, Shiva asked. Without thinking, I held the phone out for her to see. Guess who that is messaging me? After Shiva focused on the thread, her face contorted into amusement. I know that's not who I think it is, is it? I brought my phone back, my face still etched with lines of aggravation. At this point, I couldn't resist not giving his page a quick scan. Something I had avoided doing for a while. From the look of things, he was still doing well, which I kind of figured. He had always been business savvy and smart. He seemed genuinely happy with plenty of friends and family. Documented holidays and vacations. He even had a woman, so why was he over on my page? Men were so trifling. But God, this nigga was still hella fine. Who? Tiffany asked. She tried stretching her neck around to get a glimpse. I held my phone out of view. Only Shiva and Shante had been privy to my involvement with this mystery man. Honestly, I wasn't trying to keep him a secret at first. It was just my involvement with him had been unstable, so I wasn't trying to share him with friends like that until I knew he was going to be a constant. But then, with Major being in the picture, the situation became complicated. Tiffany chuckled, bringing her wine glass to her lips. Why can't I see? Is it a sneaky link? I know you ain't stepping out on Major, are you? I grimaced. Ain't no sneaky links. It's just some dude that been trying to get with me. Hit his ass up, Shiva suggested. He might be able to help you with your situation. I shook my head emphatically. He's the last person I want to ask for anything. Shiva said, but it's about Rain and Taj too, Tia. You got to think about them. Don't wait until the last minute and y'all ain't got nowhere to go. I knew she was right, but I wasn't in the mood to deal with another arrogant ass nigga. Besides, all he was going to do was scold me like I was some child. And ain't nobody got time for that. Is this her father? Or a boyfriend? Or a, a ex? Like... However, I knew I had to put my pride aside and do what was best for my children. This wasn't just about me. 
I asked her. What should I say? Just tell them the truth, she said with a shrug. I hated asking people for shit. I didn't want to be obligated, nor did I want them throwing anything back in my face. I messaged back. Why do we need to talk? Him. We just do. Come fuck with me. Deneen's at eight. No, I couldn't. I shouldn't. Tia, your rent. Shit, I had to. I just hoped I didn't regret it. Like me in this book. I regret this. This is literally me judging a book by its cover like I shouldn't have. That pretty ass cover hides a lot of ugliness. This book is a whiny ass book. I need something bright and light. and This, I ain't been this dark since Horson. And I'm only on the second part of the book. This is... I don't know. Also, the fact that that nigga Major fucking with his stepmom is just... Okay. And I think he's fucking with his stepsister too. Which is... Okay. And... um, Like, you wrote this book. I have a million questions. I ain't gonna get no answers though. But... They say writing comes from somewhere in your heart, like you feel something and you write about it. When I wrote Sin and Silence, it came from a place of deep depression and angst. This came from a place of being fucked over a whole lot and not trusting your friends with being too cowardly or too quiet to speak up for yourself. Ugh. 916-633-1537. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. Leave a review on Spotify, uh, leave a review on um, Podchaser, copy and paste that in the Apple Podcasts, and copy and paste that in the Good Pods. Um, you can donate to the show at patreon.com slash single simulcast, or at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast, or on the Good Pods app, you can leave a tip in the tip jar. Thank you all so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. I swear to God I wouldn't be reading this book if it wasn't for y'all motherfuckers. So y'all better donate and leave a review. Y'all be good. I'm holler at you later. Peace. and outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know by now that you slipped.